name. Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we hear from members of the Winnipeg Jets, as well as Coach Paul Maurice, getting ready for Oilers versus Jets Wednesday night. We're also going to hear about Mark Scheifele's goats, because why not? He has goats. Also, we're going to check in with Rob Gale, head coach GM of Valor FC, as they have opened their training camp here in Winnipeg. We'll tell you how all that's going down on the podcast. Let's get into the Jets as uh, they continue their preparations for Game 1, which is 49 and a half hours away here on CJOB, Wednesday, 8 o'clock start. They practiced yesterday, they practiced today, and Nikolai Ehlers was in a non-contact jersey. Andrew Kopp was in a non-contact jersey. Pierre-Luc Dubois did not practice at all, nor did he yesterday. And he is, well, according to Paul Maurice, there isn't really an update. He he was asked if we're going to see Dubois tomorrow, and he basically said, we'll see how he feels when he gets in. So a guy that's been the, the player under maybe the most scrutiny, just because Blake Wheeler's at least produced in the last couple of weeks, but Dubois' numbers have been not where people would have hoped they would be, so... They're waiting to see what playoff Dubois looks like, and who knows if we'll have to wait even longer. Uh, by the way, uh, Connor Helbuck also wasn't a full participant in the whole skate today, and Paul Maurice explained why. Well, we, we like to get Connor, uh, you know, a half hour to 45 minutes with uh, with Wade Flaherty as often as kind of we can. The schedule doesn't allow it a whole lot, but, but he really likes that too. So we're doing a power play day-to-day, which means um, – there's going to be a lot of shots that go to the net. He can get more out of spending time with with flats. So we've done this in the past. Um, now that we got three goalies, he goes out, he gets his movement drills. He he has a bunch of things that he likes to do to prep himself for a game. We have a bunch of days off, so you will see that if 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 we have time on our schedule. And we do it actually right at the start of training camp, right? We pull a goaltender kind of each in the first few days, and they spend an hour of the flats. So it's kind of a routine that he likes to have. And, and you know, some days some days you're just trying to get your team up and down the ice. That's great, except the goalies see 200, you know, 1,000 shots, and it's not really what they need. He likes to work on specific things, he, and, and today was a good out for him to do that. And so what they ended up working on a lot today was the power play, which has not been good at all. Two for their last 30 in their last 12 games. Yes, just the two goals. I mean, the Leafs have five in the last half of the season, so you can do well without a power play, but the Leafs are better at 5 on 5 than the Jets, who would very much like to get the PP going. So why was it important to try out different looks on the power play when you're preparing for a team you've already faced nine times? Uh, for that reason especially, because they've seen uh, your primary look, and you need to be able to make adjustments on that, and you also... Um, have to prepare for different players being in and out of your lineup and available for you so that you can move different hands around on the power play and uh, and have different looks so that when you hit the ice, you know, you, you, you can't cover every situation. But if you make an adjustment on your power play, you don't want it to be the first time you talked about it on the bench. You want to have worked on it, talked about it. So we're just covering off some, some places we'll start and some places where we'd like to go. 
Paul Stasny was asked about the power play as well today, and should they leave it be or change it up? On our team, we've got two good units, which means we have a lot of good players. So if you kind of flip-flop different guys, if guys play different positions, um, you know, we're comfortable in all those all those slots. So I think that's what's that's what's nice when you when you have options. And I think we're comfortable. You know, if certain players are playing game one of doing one unit, and if guys come back during the series, or if certain guys get hurt during the series, we're comfortable switching it up. And we did that in a regular season. And I think, uh, especially for, for a Shipes unit, I think, uh, you know, Wheels have been playing that half wall his whole career. So he's comfortable playing there. So if he has to play half wall, he has to play half wall. If he has to play goal line, he's comfortable there too. So I think it's uh, us as players, I think it's not that big of a change. And it just gives a different look sometimes when things could get stagnant in a series. Kyle Connor, who's a mainstay on the first unit, was asked, what will it take to get the power play going? I know in uh, playoffs, typically you don't see too many as as you do in the regular season. So, you know, we worked on it today. Um, Had a great practice, moving it well. I think, you know, when you do get your opportunity, you just got to bear down and – you know, I think it's it's coming up as a unit, making sure we're strong in every plays, you know, face-offs and, you know, all the little details and, um, you know, our breakouts supporting each other. And, um, you know, once we get into a setup, it's, you know, taking the best option and, you know, not not kind of beating to death uh, one option, kind of using all of our options. And I think that's, that's when we're at our best, we're moving quick. By the way, he did mention that the playoffs are, are fewer penalties. That is a bit of a misnomer. There is data that would say the number of the average number of minor penalties per game doesn't change at all actually from regular season to playoffs one possible explanation that the perception is all about is you look at the Florida game last night where there were a lot of penalties but there're also so much happening that could have been called and it's all about the standard i guess they might let more stuff go if everything is ramped up so much so that's that's that. That's the power play. Let's let's get off that now and talk about uh, Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley was a common topic at practice today, and a, it's a sign that people are writing about him. That's why the people driving the questions are the, a lot of the scribes in the city, and Mark Shifley's leadership was a, a question for sure. And the the assistant captain was asked how he sees himself as a leader. What are his traits? You know, I try to do everything. You know, it's not it's not always yelling and screaming. It's not always uh, it's not always that stuff. But I try to lead by example. I try to you know work on my game. I try to work hard in practice, work hard in games, and and uh, and do the right things over and over. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm kind of a lead by example guy, and um, you know that's kind of the way I always look at it. I always look at you know everything comes back to to hard work and and work ethic and, and working on your game and. You know, that's the way I look at uh, a leadership. And what does Adam Lowry think of Mark Shifley's leadership qualities? He just comes to the rink every day, and he's looking for ways to get better. He's you know always showing guys different things. You know whether it's their game or the team game that you know you, you can improve upon. I think you, you always see kind of his work ethic. He's he's out there 20, 30 minutes before pretty much every practice. He's always on the ice. He's always improving his game. And you know what he kind of drags guys into it that you know what he he takes them along you know he's he's made so many improvements in other people's games other people how you know they take care of themselves off the ice and you know i I think it's not necessarily a certain style it's kind of what he does what he you know contributes behind the scenes that you know kind of shows up on the ice for for our team 
Now, he's talked before about how he likes going up against the best in the world. He must be relishing the chance to duel with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Oh, for sure. You know, those those guys, um, you know, they motivate you to be better. They motivate you to, to work in your game even more. They motivate you to, um, you know, be at your best every single game. So, you know, then, you know, you put the, the magnification of uh, Stanley Cup playoffs on the line. It, it, it amplifies it even more. So, you know, I'm definitely very excited for the opportunity and excited for the challenge. And, you know, I know those guys are as well. So, um, you know, it's fun to play against the best. You know, they both those both those guys, you know, prove day in and day out how, you know, they're the best players in the world. And, um, you know, you have to be at your best every single shift uh, against them or they're going to make you pay. Which they have done a lot this year against the Winnipeg Jets. Not, don't need to remind Jets fans of that. Does Mark Scheifele view this as a defining series in his career going up against the top player in the world? Well, yeah, I think, I think Connor, first of all, you know, <laughs> you know, proved that, you know, how, you know, how fantastic of a player he is this year, you know, um, you know, he really stepped up his game and, you know, it was, it was impressive to watch. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of his, um, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic hockey player and, you know, he's the, he's the, he's the best player in our game right now. So, um, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely have thought about it over the last few days. You know, ever since we knew that we were going to play against, against Edmonton, you know, you can think about the times where, you know, I was out against Connor and he got the best of me or, you know, I made, I made a play on him and, and you try to, you try to think about ways that you can, you can take advantage of, of him when he's on the ice or, you know, what to do when, you know, what to do on the defensive side. So I think all that stuff is, is, is all learning experiences. You know, you learn what, what they do. And obviously he's, He's gonna he's gonna make you pay if you give him time. He's gonna make you pay if he, uh, you know, if you, you know, if you're not in the right spot. So, um, you know, I think for the most part, you just have to, you know, use those games during the season as a learning curve. And and you know, these next few days, obviously, you know, work on things, work on your game, work hard, and 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 you know, try to prepare yourself, you know, as much as possible for, uh, you know, for that first game. So Shifley is going to be up against that line at times, but I think in a perfect world for Paul Maurice, the Lowry line would be spending more time out against the McDavid line. And Lowry was asked today about how he and Shifley will at least try to limit McDavid. Well, I think it's, it starts with managing the puck. And, you know, that sometimes, you know, for me, it'd be making a little safer play rather than, you know, maybe 50-50 play. It's you got to take away his speed. You got to take away his transition game. You got to get into, you know, his hands, get into his feet, and, you know, don't allow him to kind of open up the, the speed. He, he doesn't need a lot of space for that. You know, it's it's a little different with the way Mark plays versus the way I play. You know, I, I'm a little more physical. I, I'm going to try and be, you know, kind of up and on him and, you know, not allow that. Whereas, you know, Shife, his chances are they're going to have the puck a little more there. You're going to create some chances against Connor's line. So, you know, it's it's about if you get those transition chances, you're you're in a spot where you can recover that you're, you're not necessarily giving him or trading chances with him where you know, that, that can be a real dangerous game. Head coach Paul Maurice today talked about the impact of Mark Shifley. So the guy who plays the most minutes has the biggest impact on the game. So you start with your goaltender, and after that it becomes Mark Shifley. He has the biggest impact on the game potentially for our team because he plays center ice, and that's basically defense in your end. And because he's a puck mover, how he utilizes his line mates. I, I think in the last two games, it's not really about the goals. They, they've had a fantastic balance of really high-end skill, but that not being the most important thing that they brought to the rink that night. When you think of the little tip that Blake Wheeler made to Cal Connor for the breakaway, I mean, there's, there's some really high-end skill going on with what that line does. But where they've been different maybe than earlier in the years, they've gotten it to speed now, right? They're, they're, they're back check. They're doing all the other parts of the game. 
So he has a huge impact in what we do. We saw it in the bubble last year. He played about two and a half minutes for us. We played as hard as we could, but we were just a different complete. We didn't have the center ice coverage that we have now either. And when you lost Mark, we were in, clearly in significant trouble. We won game two, but I just didn't think we had really a chance when you lost him without Stasny here, without Dubois here. Um, we just didn't have enough coverage to be able to win that series. All right, so no conversation today about Mark Shifley can be complete without talking about his goats. There's a picture of him with a big grin on his face, holding a goat in each arm on the ice of LMTS place over the weekend. So today we got to ask Mark about goats. Yeah, I think I've been a goat owner for a month and a half, maybe. Um, uh, You know, got two baby goats. Um named him after my two favorite athletes. So Tiger Woods and Tom Brady. So, uh, you know, it's just fun. They're, they're, they're best friends with Oliver. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> they're fun little guys. They're, they're energetic. They're pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty fun to hang out with. So brought them to the rink the other day and they were buzzing around on the ice. So it was pretty cool to, um, to see that. I don't think the trainers are too happy cause they kind of pooped everywhere, but, um, <laughs> no, I, I've, uh, yeah, I've been a goat owner for I think a month and a half now. All right. But you know, why just for fun just <laughs> literally just for fun they're uh um they're literally just pets i don't know um you know uh you know obviously i'm a big fan of tom brady and tiger woods so it kind of you know it's kind of a, a little bit of a joke but you know they're they're fun they're you know I, I have a bunch of space to to let them roam around and um and eat grass and get outside so um you know it's a pretty you know, it's a pretty cool thing. Honestly, I, I never really knew much about them. And then, uh, you know, you start taking care of them and you, you know, you bring them, you wake up in the morning, you bring them, they're like alfalfa pellets and, um, you know, you open the door, they like instantly like buy at you. So it's, it's kind of like they're saying like, dad. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's just kind of funny. It's honestly more of a joke than anything, but they're, there are pets. And, you know, like I said before, him and all, them and Oliver are, are becoming best buddies. So, um, it's more of just a, a fun thing than anything. All versus dog, by the way. I'm going to stick with my cat, who is uh, sleeping over on the... I have an old futon mattress I didn't throw out. Now his big, giant cat bed. But, hey, if they're being loved, they're being treated well, it's all we can ask for, for Mark Shifley's goats. Valor FC opened their training camp today. It would have been a hot day to start, and... To talk about that, we're joined by the head coach and GM of Valor, Rob Gale. Rob, how hot was it out there today? Scorching, Christian. What a what a beautiful place we live in when the sun is shining, don't we? Yeah, and it's going to be like 13 in four days, so there you go. Well, we'll live for today. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, first of all, how does it feel to have training camp on right oh. now? Oh, so good. So good, buddy. Eight, eight months off since September the 5th. It's a long, long time to be away from doing what you love every day and uh, just to have the energy in the building, the lads, everybody in. Um, it was awesome for everybody involved. So there's, the main, main question that's going to be on minds of our listeners is what rules are in place that allows this to happen under the current uh, government restrictions in Manitoba? Yeah, lots of rules, as you can uh, well imagine. Um, we uh, we have some exemption for the outdoor uh, activities as a professional sports team that we are allowed the entire group 
uh, which was 24 of us and uh, and the three technical staff training. Um, but uh, no meetings indoors. Uh, we've been COVID tested. Uh, we have to do a screening every day, temperature check, make sure that uh, nobody's displaying any symptoms whatsoever. Uh, different dressing rooms to dress in for the boys. They're really straight out the field, no hanging around in the building, no additional treatments. Uh, limited numbers in, in weight rooms, only four at a time maximum. Uh, Warm-up, cool-down, social distancing as much as possible. Uh, in those, it's fully, and then in the session, as much social distancing as possible. Um, making sure that we're not within each other's space, really, for any more than a, a few minutes at any one time, so... Lots of restrictions, uh, but necessary, obviously, in, in the environment and climate that we're all in right now. Uh, but at least we're doing what we love and out on the theatre of dreams that is IG Field. So what's the mood today when everyone shows up? Buzzing. Just absolutely buzzing, as you can imagine, except for the last part of practice where it was fitness. The energy suddenly got zapped. The temperature felt a little too warm for the lads and uh, the last 24 minutes was a fitness component working on some mass training today so uh, other than that it was high energy uh, excitement enjoyment everything you'd expect uh, when you get uh, the gang back together again so what is the plan for the week here what are you allowed to do and what are you planning on doing so uh, a lot of uh, tactical introduction again and reintroduction for the boys that uh, have been with us. Um, building on our game models, our, our, our sort of three models of play, principles of play, uh, a lot of tactical work and, and fitness building in, in, in kind of equal measures with them without the ball. So uh, lots of good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it feels, it feels pretty normal. I mean, obviously there's, some distancing and extra protocols the staff, including myself, have to wear a mask throughout practice um, and the physio staff and everybody else. But uh, other than that, it feels it feels pretty normal. So the Canadian Premier League announced last week that they would be trying to start the season in mid-June, early July in one location, all eight clubs without fans in the stands. Uh, obviously there's experience already with this format, with the Island Games you went through last year. There's still the hope to play all 28 regular season games, though. Uh, so you're, you're training now with the thought of maybe starting games in a month and a half? Yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it. Last year it was a lot more uncertainty. Uh, this year it could be as early as mid-June, but we're hoping for July. I mean, obviously just started and and kind of wanting and needing six weeks to to for preseason, but um, that gives us a bit of a roadmap. And all being well, uh, they'll confirm the venue and uh, all of those dates uh, in the next little while here. But uh, yeah, the roadmap is set for a, a bubble start and and a full season this year, which is awesome after just having seven games last year and feeling like we're just starting to get to know each other and and get to settle on a on a lineup and some play in partnership the season was over before it began obviously there is some roster thrown over but there's a lot of guys on the team this year that are back after that island games experience how much have, do you feel that kind of unfinished business of such a short season 
where you didn't feel you got quite up to the speed you could have last year, how much is that going to be a motivating factor this year? Yeah, massive. The the fact that it's going to be 28 games. Look, we'd love a six or seven pre-season again this year, and that's what last year felt like, right? It was just a, a tournament, very international football style, and uh, it takes a while when you had such a turnover of players to, to build rapport and, and chemistry between the guys and and, and get your uh, your uh, principles and our style of play across. And we felt like you can do that. And obviously games is the best way to do that. You know, there's no substitute for games. So we're not going to have a, a preseason where we can travel and get games this year, but we'll, we'll try and hit the ground running as quickly as we can. Lots of familiarity in the group. And the beauty is this time it'll be 28 games. So we'll we'll see what this team is capable of this year. The most recent roster addition that uh, you announced is actually the return of a player, and that's veteran midfielder Jose Galan. How important has he been to Valor since he uh, he joined here from the start? He's an original member. Yeah, he is, um, and just a terrific guy. Anyone who, who who's met Jose or seen him play realizes, uh, you know, he's got as much energy and enthusiasm as anybody. He's thirty-five years young. Uh, he did one of our tests at the weekend and was was in the top two for fitness. Um, he's effervescent, really, and um, he, he's, he's a great personality. He, his wife settled here. She has a job in Winnipeg. They just had their daughter last year, born as a Winnipegger, and he, he's a, embraced the community as the community has embraced him, and uh, he's terrific on the field and off for us. How key is that aspect of... Uh, people coming from obviously it's a it's a big league to grow Canadian soccer but in terms of entrenching this league as as a league that's here to stay having someone like Jose you know feel like he's part of the community feel like he's a part of the Winnipeg lifestyle now how important is that to really selling this game across and this league across the globe Oh, I think enormous. I mean, we've said this from day one. Uh, we have a connection to our community that is unique with the, with all the staff being Manitobans, um, players. So, you know, first year we had six or seven. Now we got four or five that are Manitobans, live here year-round. And we, we want to be that team that is connected to our community. That's what builds a culture between the fans and, and really turns a franchise into a true club model, a, a family. And we're not going to be the team that just comes in, picks up a paycheck and leaves uh, in our off-season. We're here for the year. We're going to be investing in the youth. We're going to be investing in our community and, and charities and projects that are, are near and dear to Manitobans. And having a player like Jose, who's, who's had 17 years in professional football, uh, he's been in some 20-plus countries. Sometimes he's changed teams every couple of years. For him to commit for three seasons now to us uh, shows a lot about the club, our values, the the culture we're building, the family feel that we're building and our connection uh, with the players to our, our wider community here in Manitoba. I'll let you go on this. The Canadian Premier League again last week announced that they are hoping that they could have some supporters in the stands and games back in your home barn by the end of the year. Obviously, there's a lot of factors that that would be contingent on, but uh, with vaccinations continuing to be rolled out, does it feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel here that you could see the the trench hopping again in short order? 
Yeah, there really does. You know, uh, it's something we're all keen on as as players and staff and getting our vaccinations and making sure we do our bit to uh, get rid of this horrible pandemic. And if fans are back in the stands, that's a great sign for the community as a whole. You know, we've said this before, over a thousand people have died in our community and that's a staggering, horrible number. And that's, you know, everyone has been affected by it in some way. And those people who've lost family members or friends or relatives. So for us to, to try and do everything we can and, and follow the guidelines um, and with that hope that we can once again share the joy of sport, uh, IG field with the trench bouncing up and down means, you know, society is, is somewhat back to regaining it. And professional sports is, n- is nothing without the supporters. So we can't wait to have the Valor Army cheering us on, and we know there'll be a 12th man for us once that uh, once that happens later this year. Rob, appreciate your time as always. Uh, have fun with training camp. It's got to be great to be back. So thanks again, and we'll, uh, oh, we'll stay in touch here. Yeah, baby. Thanks, Christian. All right, appreciate that's, you, that's Rob Gale. He is the head coach and general manager of Valor FC. Again, their training camp is underway, and the CPL hoping to start the season mid-June or early July in a yet-to-be-determined location. All eight teams playing, no fans. Kind of a made-for-TV event like their Island Games was last summer in Charlottetown. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.